Shalom, shalom, beautiful friends. That that tefillah, that nigun is from Va'ani Tefillah T from the High Holiday Liturgy and, and elsewhere. Um, that it says, Va'ani Tefillah T. I am I am a prayer. I am a prayer. Rather, we don't do prayer, we become prayer. Our being kind of emanates, our being kind of emanates with our aspirations, with our wishes, with our values in a way where prayer is not just an act of the lips, but prayer is kind of a way of being in the world, a way of being spiritually connected um, to each other and to our higher, uh, the highest source um, of love and kindness. So thank you for joining. I know it is Erev Yom Kippur. And so uh, for some that uh, may, may not make a difference, for some this may make it an easier day or harder day to join but nonetheless, because our topic is gratitude today, I want to express my gratitude that you are all here and participating in this because I would not have the great delight of spending a, a few hours preparing this um, and being able to be in this wonderful space with you all if you didn't show up. So I'm so glad you're here. And I'm also just thinking about the gratitude of going into a Yom Kippur fast and anyone else here who fasts. Knowing there's food on the other end, it makes it so bearable, so bearable. The number of people who have to fast by necessity every day, um, not out of faithful conviction, without knowing there's going to be a, any food at the end of the day or end of the week, um, makes it so bearable to know that it's a 24 or 25 hour experience and one returns to normalcy after that. 
So um, I'm experiencing that gratitude to have to have such a fast uh, ahead of me. So friends, gratitude. Let's start with a poll. What makes you feel most grateful? Spiritual practices like meditation and prayer, receiving an act of kindness, or just randomly being in a good mood. So of course, there's many other options, but let's see among those three, what 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 kind of uh, awakens a gratitude for you? Most of those three. Let's see our results here. Okay, totally split. 29% say spiritual practices like meditation and prayer. 43% receiving an act of kindness. Makes sense. And 29% say just randomly being in a good mood. It's amazing um, how much um, our moods influence us, our ups and downs. Yes, awesome. Um, and so number two and number three are not things we're in control of necessarily, our moods and people giving us kindness. Number one is a way to actively kind of cultivate it. Um, and so as we're going to see, that is a great opportunity for all of us. The Hebrew term for expressing gratitude, as many of you know, is hakaratatov, literally means recognizing the good. This is precisely what God modeled right at the beginning of the Torah. And God saw the light that it was good. And God separated between the light and between the darkness, right? God um, saw, right? Gratitude, hakaratatov, is being able to stop and recognize the good, right? Forget even the emotional um, state that can follow that. Just saying, wow, that's something good. Being able to pause and recognize that. Later, Leah is the first person in the Torah to orally thank God. And And she, Leah, conceived again and bore a son. And she said, this time I will thank the Lord. Therefore, she named him Yehuda, Judah. And then she stopped bearing. So in fact, friends, the Hebrew term Yehudim, which means Jews, Yehudim, is derived from the name Yehuda. While we are historically called Yehudim because the earlier kings of Israel, beginning with David, were from the tribe of Yehuda, it is possible to suggest that with our name comes a charge to express our gratitude both to God and to others, right? Let me just repeat that in case it wasn't totally clear. In Hebrew, Jews are called Yehudim. Ani Yehudi, we are the people of gratitude, right? At the, at the root of our name is that we're gratitude. We have gratitude. It turns out that living with gratitude is not only a deeply Jewish value, but is also good for us. Here's what it said in a recent New York Times article. I guess not so recent, 10 years ago. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude has been linked to better health, sounder sleep, less anxiety and depression, higher long-term satisfaction with life, and kinder behavior towards others, including romantic partners. As a culture, we have lost a deep sense of gratefulness about the freedoms we enjoy, a lack of gratitude for all the material advantages we have. So many of us, to different degrees and in different ways, live with entitlement. I deserve more. I am worth more. I should get more than what I have. Right? No, there's nothing wrong with wanting more or, 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 or uh, striving for more. Um, but that set, that entitlement psychology, when it's dominant, leads to a deep form of life dissatisfaction, which is also connected with, with poor health. Um, when we're unable to uh, be grateful for what we have, even if we want more. Hakara Tatov is also the pathway to becoming rich. Ben Zoma says, who is rich? 
one who is content with their own lot. So I'm sorry, I don't have any riches advice today, how anyone's going to get rich in the way that most Americans mean it. But rich in the Jewish way, we do have some advice here. When we learn to be content with what we have, we are indeed rich, and thereby recognizing the good with which we are blessed. Becoming grateful means turning off one of the greatest curses of our time, insatiability. For some, they can simply never be enough or never have enough. Cultivating gratitude enables us to see others, even those those we cannot actually see physically. Consider that the author of that Pirkei Avot teaching we just shared also lived according to this, according to the Talmud. Remember that was Ben Zoma? Ben Zoma used to say, what does a good guest say? How much trouble my host has taken for me? How much meat they've set before me? How much wine they have set before me? How many cakes they set before me? All the trouble they have taken was only for my sake? But what does a bad guest say? How much, after all, has my host put himself out? I've eaten but one piece of bread. I've eaten but one slice of meat. I've drunken only one cup of wine. All the trouble which my host has taken was only for the sake of his wife and children, right? So if we are hosted by someone or have any gift from someone, it is easy to say, geez, what kind of gift was that anyways? You know, it didn't smell so great. The food wasn't so hot, right? I didn't get what I want. Somebody said something annoying. Or to once again, name the negative, but then really focus on the positive. Ben Zoma says, the Sefer Achinuch teaches that the reason we should honor our parents is also rooted in the trait of gratitude. Sefer Achinuch says, the essence of this commandment to honor one's father and mother is that one should recognize and do kindness to those who have done good to him. For one should not be ungrateful, for that is a negative trait and an utter abomination before God and humankind. And one should take to heart that their father and mother are the reason for their being in the world. So it is incumbent upon them to do all the honor and good they can because they brought them into the world and also exerted themselves many times for them in their childhood. And when one can internalize this in their soul, it would lead them to recognize the good of God. Be blessed that God is the cause and the cause of all their ancestors back to Adam, right? So for Confucius, uh, oh, oh, you didn't think you were learning Confucius today, huh? So for Confucius, you have to honor your parents because that's a pathway to honoring the state, right? In a totalitarian or authoritarian regime, you need to learn as a child to honor your parents so that you are loyal to the state. For Jews um, and for Jewish thought, um, honoring your parents is itself an end but also it is there as a pathway towards honoring God. We And it's not just, oh, my parents put me through school, my parents bought me clothes, my parents tucked me in it for a night. Birth. Birth is enough, the Sefer Chinuch says. Even if your parent ran away at birth, there's some gratitude to that parent that may sound very difficult because you are alive and they were a partner in some sense in you being alive. Then there's extra levels of gratitude for anything else you got. But just the fact that you're alive means part of that gratitude is towards the biological mother or father that enabled that, um, and ultimately towards God, who is the third partner in that creation. Prayer, too, can help us get there. Heschel taught, to pray is to take notice of the wonder. 
to regain a sense of the mystery that animates all beings, the divine margin in all attainments. Prayer is our humble answer to the inconceivable surprise of living. It is gratefulness that makes the soul great, right? For some, prayer is boring because prayer is just dogma. I'm just like saying stuff I'm supposed to believe, right? But what we learn about prayer here is the question is greater than the answer. The wonder is greater than the finding. The search is deeper than the attainment, right? The gratitude in the experience is much deeper than... um than the service that is necessarily offered. Indeed, our daily prayers begin with Hakarata Tov, the first prayer recited traditionally being Ani, in which we thank God for our restoring our souls, right? The Talmud says we're partially dead when we sleep and we are brought back to life when we wake up. And so we say thank you for our soul returning into our body. The Shacharit service then continues with a series of brachot known as Birchat Shachar, the morning blessings, in turn, followed by Pesuket Zimra, the verses of gratitude, and even the silent Amidah prayer, which consists mainly of requests, begins with three blessings of gratitude. And so, friends, for this reason, the, this form of prayer must last. A Midrash teaches, in the time to come, Atid Lavo, all prayers will cease, but the prayer of thanksgiving will not cease. Right? What an awesome uh, Midrash. Uh, let me unpack that for just a moment. Um, this is kind of radical. But one read of Maimonides is that he argues that the end of animal sacrifice, which is really the birth of Jewish prayer, is progress, right? We we didn't pray so much. We brought our animal sacrifice, but then we offered our heart instead of our animal. And he may even imply over there that there will be progress from wordful prayer into silent meditative prayer. And this midrash here seems to align with that Rambam because it says all prayers will cease in, uh, in, the, in the time to come, except for the need to always have on our lips words of gratitude. In addition to daily blessings expressing gratitude, we have a special blessing, Birkata Gomel, that one recites when they feel God has rescued them. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Four individuals are required to express gratitude. Those who go down to the sea, i.e. they traveled by boat. Those who traverse the desert. One who was ill and recovered. And one who was imprisoned and freed. And this is still the case today. If someone comes out of jail, they'd say Hagomel. If one goes on a long trip, including um, uh, a plane ride over the Atlantic or the Pacific, I guess, um, they would say Hagomel. Um, a long you know, travel through the desert, or if one was sick. That And the most common case that we actually see in Shul of Hagomel is after childbirth. Um, that's the ill and recovered because of the risks involved over there. The rabbis taught we should recite 100 blessings a day. They learn this from a verse, Deuteronomy 10, 12, where it says, and now, O Israel, what does your God demand of you? Only this, to revere your God to walk in God's ways, to love and serve your God with all your heart and your soul. Oh, well, how do you get a hundred blessings from that, rabbis? What a stretch. Oh, but the Hebrew word for what used in the verse we just cited is ma, ma, right? Mem, hey, and is phonetically similar to the word meya, meaning 100. So according to the Talmud, the verse can be understood as saying, now Israel, 100 
does the Lord your God ask of you? As opposed to what does the Lord your God ask of you? Ma, it says meya, does the Lord your God ask of you? That's the rabbi's kind of play on, on mem, mem hey there. Suggesting we should strive to recite 100 blessings a day, which I believe is the greatest vehicle for Jewish spirituality, right? Is blessings throughout the day. Pausing whatever we're doing and elevating our spiritual consciousness, elevating our soul, elevating our mind and hearts to be full of gratitude for whatever we have, to lower the anxiety, lower the fear, lower the tension, lower our heart rate, and um, return to our, our our breathing and to the gratefulness for our breath. Rav Shlomo Volbi, the famous 20th century Musar teacher, shared an insight as to how we cultivate more gratitude. Here's what he says over here in Ali Shore. If one appreciates that all the needs one has fulfilled by others are truly goodness and kindness, one most certainly increases love and friendship in the world and comes to realize that one exists in a world of kindness. When one hides from this recognition, the world is gray. One's perception is that every person is only doing their job. Each merchant only wants the profit. The doctor only wants their payment. The educator wants their salary. There is no goodness. There's no kindness and there's no friendship. The world is sucked dry. No, we want to live in a bright world, a world full of goodness and kindness, love and friendship. This is illuminated world is built through showing gratitude to all, right? He says, you might say, oh, the police officer just uh, showed up because that's, that's her job, right? The teacher taught the child because that's what they're paid for, right? People are just doing um, their role, right? They're just doing their role and they're just doing it for selfish motives. Rashuma Volby says we have to flip that. We have to see people regardless of the multiple motives involved in the things we do in the world. We have to see all the things that we benefit from as acts of kindness. When I bite into my apple, I feel the gratitude to the worker who planted the seed and the worker who picked the apple and the wholesaler who then sold the apples and the retailer who sold the apples and the people working in the retail place to sell it and the person who built my fridge to keep my apple cold and, and those people who work in the water industry. Is there a water industry? Uh, in the industry that made sure I could turn my sink on, the person who built my sink so I could wash my apple, right? And to God, the fact that things grow, and to Mother Earth, the fact that things grow. Oh my goodness! And I, and now I'm gonna bite the apple, and I'm like so excited for this apple because you know I'm not just watching TV eating an apple. I'm like I'm like in radical ecstasy, full of gratitude to like the hundreds of beings involved with the creation of this apple, and I'm like blown away. I almost can't even take a bite of this apple because I'm so blown away. Right? And then I put on my clothes in the morning and I don't look in the mirror. Oh, do I look a little fat today? Is this the color I want? Is this, is this how I want to look? I say, oh my goodness, I got clothes. And there's hundreds of people who, who I'm grateful to the fact that I, I have this clothes to wear right now. I mean, imagine if we lived each moment like that. And as we mentioned earlier, the very first prayer that many say in the morning of Moda'ani, in which we thank God that we are alive. We woke up this morning. Of course, but did we really wake up? Did I really wake up this morning? Are we still sleepwalking? Did we actively wake ourselves up? To be awake, we must stir our inner being and be prepared to encounter all that truly comes before our eyes and be grateful for it. I've heard there's people who wake up and immediately grab their phone, 
and just start like scrolling through the phone. What's going on over here? What's going on over there? Right? Oh, but that, did they ever wake up that day? Our lives are remarkably short and we need spiritual activities to constantly remind us of this truth. A person who lives to 80 years old, we should all be blessed to 120, but a person who lives to 80 years old will take about 672,768,000 breaths in a lifetime, right? So if you took, if you just took one, right, you have one less than your 672,768,000 breaths in your life. I mean, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like It's like each one, when you start to think of it like that, it's like my uncle who told me that when uh, his kid was born, he, he, he put marbles in a jar. I, I, may, I may have shared this before. He put marbles in a jar, one for each week the kid would live at home until the kid would go to college. And uh, each week he would take one marble out to realize how short his time was with his son kind of living with him. Um, and then the very last week before his son went to college, there was one marble left since when he was born and this big, in this big bucket. And he never took it out. And decades later, that one marble is still sitting there in his, in, his, in his bowl. And so imagine each day if we, if we marked our breaths off and we saw really, I mean, how, um, how finite all of this really is. Consider the shofar, which only makes a noise if someone blows their precious breath into it. So too, our soul only prays if we allow God to breathe through us, ultimately. Consider tapping into the divine breath that breathes through you like a divine shofar, feeling this gratitude and this intimacy of what is passing through us. And only then perhaps can the soul then start to shake, to dance, and to sing. Friends, when we encounter others, we might, we must see beyond the surface, which will turn in, which will in turn enable us to be truly grateful. Rav Alexandri taught in Pasikta de Rav Kahana, if a common person uses a broken vessel, it is considered a disgrace, but not the Holy One. Be blessed. All of God's vessels are broken. God is near the brokenhearted, right? For us, we're like, ah, my vessel's broken. I'm going to buy a new one, right? My, my, my bowl is a little bit chipped, right? My plate's a little chipped. I'm going to go get a new one, right? But for God, God's kitchen, all of us are broken vessels, and God only wants broken vessels. To emulate the divine, one should be adamantly focused on the most po powerless, all of us, who are all the vulnerable, rather than the most powerful, the most broken, rather than the most privileged and fortunate. We must witness the suffering right before our eyes. There's a Hasidic story that I think helps to hit this home. The sass of a Rebbe entered a hotel and sat beside two local peasants. As the two peasants sat at the bar and drank, they began to fall into a drunken stupor. One turned to his friend and said, tell me, friend, do you love me? His colleague responded, of course I love you. We're drinking companions. Naturally, I love you. Then the first one said to his friend, tell, then tell me, friend, what causes me pain? His colleague said, how should I know what hurts you? I'm just your drinking buddy. The other said, if you loved me, you would know what causes me pain. To achieve such a, such a level, we must gain more elevated freedom. Many who consider themselves free are, from the Torah's perspective, still enslaved. Rav Cook explains that there are intelligent slaves whose being is full of freedom, and there are free individuals whose being consists of the spirit of a slave. The real slave is one who lives in a conformity, seeking to be honored by others, right? One who lives in a conformity, constantly seeking honor, is the ultimate slave. 
The free individual experiences inner individuality and is focused on the eternal illumination of the image of God within themselves, not seeking the external validation. Only such a person can free themselves of the need to be honored and recognized by others and can instead honor and recognize them. Friends, to conclude, the opportunities to truly see ourselves and others are right before our eyes. Therein lies our freedom, indeed our dignity. This can all be rooted in Hakarata Tov, which is good for our health and our spirit. It can help sustain our Jewish spiritual lives and can bring us closer to others and to God when we express our gratitude and can be a source of moral responsibility, seeing how much our gratitude can be channeled into giving back to others. Okay, friends, so our theme today of kindness is... Um, is the cultivation of gratitude and the expression of it. Um, and I see everyone's great comments here in the chat as well. So I would love to hear from you. Hi, Lauren Blatt. Hi, interesting timing because before I came to this class, um, I do a, it's 12.30 um, Eastern time sit with the Institution for Jewish Spirituality. Oh, nice. and, I, and I recommend it to anybody. It's great. And actually um, today it was inhaling thinking about your exhalation, but as you exhale, giving it back to Hashem. And then afterwards, concentrate on your inhalation and thank Hashem that you can take that inhalation. So it was, it was like an amazing, um, really, really meaningful before Yom Kippur. And I just want to say like with you, you put up the uh, poll, I had a hard time deciding to the between the two, because I find very much so that um, meditation and also writing my gratitudes truly helps and actually lessen my depression and my anxiety. Same hand, every time somebody does like a random act of kindness, oh my goodness, that bowls me over. Yeah. So um, I just want to mention that. And I'm showing gratitude to you for the wisdom that you impart to us. Mm. So thank you very much. And to everybody, thank you, Lauren, so much for that. And just before Eileen, um, just to build off that, you know, um, let's say there's a relationship you want to be in or need to be in, right? It's not one you're deciding if you still want to be in. Um, sometimes um, those, there's a toxicity in those relationships because we don't feel we're getting enough. Right. But if we, um, and sometimes we have to address that. But other times we might engage in a practice of actually reminding ourselves of all the little things we are getting from the person. Because it's so easy to be, to think of all the things we're not getting, but to kind of build a little list, you know, draft a little list, like you're saying there, around um, some of the things we are receiving from someone in our life. Um, even though rather than just be consumed with the things that we wish we're also getting as well. Hi, Eileen. Hi. Um, it seems to me a couple of things. One, in demonstrating gratitude, we need to start with ourselves. So many people do not show gratitude to themselves. Yeah. And it's hard to show gratitude to something or somebody else if you cannot honor yourself. Mm, mm. Beautiful, Eileen. Thank you for that. Reminds me of this famous Baal Shem Tov where he says, 
when I fall, may my new self catch me. Um, you know, that we can feel grateful to ourselves, that we are catching ourselves, right? Um, we all feel, I, I don't want to speak for everyone. Many of us feel um, our inadequacies really deeply. We're all in touch with our body imperfections, our cognitive imperfections, our mistakes. Um, and yet for us to really also celebrate, as, as Eileen is saying, so powerful, um, that and be grateful for ourselves and what we are capable of um, and how we are able to hold it together at times um, and hold, hold it together for others as well. So Eileen, thank you for that. Yeah, I love that. Hi, Aglaia. Hi. Okay, Hi. so I hope this does not sound completely whack though, but um, all right, just throwing this out there. Uh, Leia, all right, so Leia versus Rachel and Rachel's envious of Leia because, well, Leia's, you know, having children and Rachel's not and everything though. Um, also the whole thing with um, Leia's eyes being weak and po possibly that being a reference to um, her tears and everything. So she's grateful even through her tears mm -hmm. and Rachel's not. So I don't know if that's something that we can speak to, but at the end, we're talking about the slave is the one who can't, you know, they're just seeking external validation. They're not actually, you know, thanking God in their hearts for just being who they are, like Leia was. Mm. And so I don't know. I mean, that kind of like just kind of hit me, you know, I don't know. If yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful what you're sh sharing um, around all of the tensions of siblings, siblings are, um, are complicated. And, um, and then all of the tensions around fertility and, um, and the number of people who are, have children or don't have children and, um, and the jealousies that can emerge, the inadequacies that can emerge, all of the stigmas that are attached to such things. And, um, uh, and yeah, how do you experience gratitude through tears? So, uh, you know, I'm just elevating your, your great point um, for others to kind of engage with and think about as well. Thank you, Aglaia. Hey, Ethan. Hey, so I, I have a question about the poll from earlier. Um, so I think the, the three questions or the three options were uh, you feel gratitude because of prayer. You feel gratitude because of a random act of kindness you feel gratitude because of for being in a good mood. Um, I answered B, uh, the, the random act of kindness would make me feel most grateful. Uh, and in reflecting on that, I, I think it's fairly transactional. If someone does something good to me that made the most sense to me that I would feel most grateful for that act of kindness that that person gave to me. Um, in reflecting though, I, I, it seems that that might be somewhat surface level. Uh, that level of gratitude. And so I'm wondering if you think that there is a right answer to that poll, if there are depths to the level of gratitude that we can show um, in the ways in which we give back to the world around us. I love it. I love it. So um, yeah, I, so uh, a little insight on the polls is that I would never create a poll for us where I thought there was one right answer. Um, I, I view them as um, you know, just kind of uh, validating the diversity in the room of our different experiences. Um, and I think that there's a, there's interesting layers to each of those answers that there's a great virtue to being responsively grateful, right? That 
when we receive something, we really express that gratitude to someone, um, you know, and I do think that um, there is something to being proactively grateful, the spiritual practice where we cultivate it, whether or not we're receiving something. Um, and then I think there's also something to knowing ourselves, those of us who know ourselves and our moods and know that maybe I'm more grateful in the morning than the night or the opposite. Maybe I'm more grateful on Thanksgiving than I am at Pesach, right? Maybe I'm more grateful um, when I'm, you know, um, you know, in, in this state of life versus that state of life. And so that's also, that's also great. Um, I do think that um, it would be wonderful to um, figure out what practices we need each day to really bring it to life. And so um, that's why a big part of my leaning is towards the spiritual practice realm for us to say like, what are the things I can incorporate in my life to feel content, to feel like I have enough, to feel like I can be a little more giving and of service to others because I am okay, right? Because sometimes the lack of gratitude means we just triple down on taking care of ourselves. I just need more for me, more time for me, more care for me because I don't have enough. And so there's not much room to serve anyone else. But the more I feel like I have enough, the more space I may have to serve others. So the more we can actively cultivate that, the more room we have for kindness in our lives. So um, I don't know if that speaks to you at all, Ethan. Thank you for weighing in. Yeah. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much. Hey, Eddie. I think Toby was first. So Toby, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hey, Toby. Thank you, Eddie. Um, I was just kind of taking off of what Ethan was talking about. I think you were, um, what I would have liked to see in the poll is a suggestion that uh, as another option is um, I feel grateful when I'm allowed to do things for other people. I don't, is that just me? Or I, I am the most grateful when a friend says, oh, I could you help me with this? Or could you, I just took a dear friend of mine to the dentist for a three hour surgery. And I felt so blessed to be able to do that. So that's, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, um, yeah, when we can feel grateful, not for receiving, but grateful for giving, um, what a great, um, what a, what, what a great emotional state that is to be tied to virtue. You know, it's like, it's like that age old question. Well, is anything altruistic? If I feel good when I do something altruistic, is it actually altruistic or is it just selfish because I'm doing it because it feels good. And actually virtue is more virtuous when it feels good that we're doing good. That means our emotional state is interconnected with virtue. And so something would be wrong if we felt bad when we were doing good. And so feeling good when we do good is a good thing, I think. And, and, and a wonderful thing to say. And in fact, many people only experience gratitude for what they get. Oh, I'm so grateful. I have this. I have this. I got that. I got that. To feel grateful for the capacity to give is such a wonderful thing. So thank you for sharing that model, Toby. Very inspiring. Yes, Eddie and then Cheryl. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm, I'm really channeling in both of what Toby said and what Ethan said as well. Um, something that I'm challenging myself is to uh, find uh, something to be grateful, even when it's from people who have harmed or hurt us. And I find that uh, that's actually channeling me to bring out more of my kindness to those folks. 
Uh, for example, I'm thinking about how finding things to be grateful about my mother, who I don't have the best relationship with, her, because I feel like she's had a challenging time understanding how to be a mother. And I think it's important for us to even find uh, aspects of being grateful, even to sometimes the, the people that hurt us the most, um, because we understand that there's like they're also struggling. And I think it channels in a new form of kindness within ourselves and kindness to others. Love that. I love that. And to make a little tie-in on Erev Yom Kippur, um, what might might seem strange, but in a way we can be grateful at this time of year towards those who hurt us a little bit because it gives us the capacity to forgive. And forgiving is healing. Forgiving is growing. Uh, forgiving is a divine pathway. And so we now, it, it would feel strange to say we're grateful for the hurt that was given to us. But in a strange way, we can hate that hurt, we can resent that hurt, but also feel a little gratitude at a time like now to be able to have, to grab onto that as a spiritual vehicle to engage in this teshuva process of forgiving, of healing, of reflecting. Um, and some people can be so emotionally numb that they can't even tap into that that kind of hurt, but to awaken ourselves a little bit, that awaken ourselves emotionally to a little bit of that pain um, is the pathway towards, is a pathway towards growth. Um, okay, we're over to Cheryl and Aglaia. Hello, um, I like Lauren had uh, trouble with the poll. Uh, I had so much trouble that I timed out and didn't get to vote. But I honestly, <laughs> I honestly didn't know. I mean, I have to say that if, if I think about it, I, I just, I feel grateful a lot, but then again, there's that, but I, then I, maybe like Eddie said, I wish I, you know, sometimes I feel grateful, but I wish I could do more, you know, I'm grateful for what I can do, what I can, you know, and, and I shouldn't say that in the recipient end, it's on the giving end. I feel grateful what I can do for others and maybe even, and myself too. But um, then, then there's that comma, but I, I wish I could do more. So there's a little downside. And then uh, you were talking, um, you were talking about at certain times of the day when you might feel grateful. I have to say that I, maybe it's my review of my day when I, when I get into bed at night and everything, that's when I can review everything. And then, you know, honestly say without, without this class, I could never have put words to it. I would, I would say, um, Okay, this was uh, this was a uh, th this is what I feel grateful for today. I mean, without even knowing it, I guess I re I review things like that. So mm -hmm. I would say the nighttime would be the best for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it's just it's just that there's there's always that kind of but. I'm and I'm happy to do um, like Toby said. I, you know, it makes me feel it makes me feel good um, when my friends can help you know, need help and, and are, are feel comfortable mm. enough and good enough to ask for it. I mean, I say, mm. you know, people ask me, for example, um, during this whole, the, the holiday season, well, are your kids coming in, you know, who's coming in for the holidays? Well, you know, nobody, they all have their own things. They're all in their own cities doing exactly what mm. I want them to be doing. But I said, I'm very grateful to have friends who are like family, mm -hmm. you know, and that I can celebrate and, and do things with them. So 
I don't know. There's a lot to be grateful for. Wonderful. That's so wonderful. You know, and on that point about giving that you emphasize also like, like Toby, there's many people, they, I, I get emails like this all the time, phone calls. They really don't know how to give. They were never trained in it. They never had a model in it. They, 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 they didn't have parents who were philanthropic. They didn't have parents who volunteered. They, that's not their social circles. Giving is like very unnatural. And, um, and so they're like, oh, can I find a way to give? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you have, you know, and what can I do? And, um, and, um, and I think, yeah, and that's right. And then if you have friends who call you or emails, can you help me? Like, what a gift. Like, oh, I've been trying to find a way to give. Thank you for like giving me an opportunity because giving, it can be so joyful. So, so I love that point. And then to your first point around like, oh, I wish I could give more. And, and it's, uh, you know, amazing to hear that from you as someone who gives so much. Um, you know, I, I wonder if we could also cultivate kind of um, when, 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 we don't, um, when, when we don't have something or we can't give something, I wonder if we can cultivate a gratitude for the aspiration itself. Like, oh, I wish I could do more. I can't. So it's not hard stop. I'm grateful that I have that aspiration. I'm grateful that I have that feeling in me to want to do more, right? And so so too, like if we have gratitude for the emotions in us, even the negative ones, imagine if we say, our, we're grateful for our inner demons. You probably never heard somebody say that before, right? Grateful for our inner demons. Why? Because our shadows are sources of wisdom for us, right? Our, our, our shadows, our demons in us, are there to protect us, right? And when I befriend them and I'm grateful to them, oh, the, that anxiety emerges. Hey friend, I know why you're there telling me to be nervous. You're there to protect me. Oh, there's my, there's my fear demon. Oh, oh, I love you. Like, I'm so grateful you're there. You wanna protect me as well, right? There's my selfish demon. Oh my goodness, I see you telling me I need to be richer, I need more. Oh, I wanna love you. I'm grateful for you because you're also here from my youth or from this trauma I had here to protect me, right? And so all these emotions in us, um, if we can befriend them and be grateful for them, and even the negative things in our lives, be grateful for them in ways that kind of flip our challenges into blessings. Um, so yes, hi, Aglaia, then Sarah. All right, so this is fair game because as other people brought up Eastern philosophy before I did, so it's fair game now, ah, right? Okay. All right. So um, going with, all right, like Eddie and, you know, talking about, you know, uh, the practice um, showed, I think it's called uh, befriending your demons and stuff like that. Though. Okay. Well, if you take everything from the opposite way and you can do that, you know, when you're dealing with things, you know, spiritually, it's some sort of weird spiritual ex exercise that I developed though. But long story short, though, you are supposed to be grateful for those times. If you're looking at it from the, you know, Eastern religion perspective, all of those times when bad things are happening are really the like bad aspect is just an illusion anyway. So you should still be grateful for it because, well, you're calling it bad because you're like stuck in ego and ego is an illusion. So give it up and then you'll find a reason to be grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one um, Buddhist practice that I actually heard of where you are technically supposed to get hurt after you do that. I'm not, okay, don't look at me, but you are supposed to get hurt after it happens, after you're finished with that particular practice. And then the result is, is that you're supposed to be happy that you got hurt. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, so one of those weird things, and you know, I had one of those weird moments one time when I was thinking, okay, so if I'm expressing gratitude to God, 
Okay. And he just like did something nice for me and I'm expressing gratitude for God. What is the best way to express gratitude for God? So I decided to go through the opposite way of asking God for something else. Now with a human, if you keep asking them for something, then they're going to get annoyed with you at some point. But with God, he's not going to get annoyed if you keep asking him for stuff because, well, you are acknowledging that all things come from him, you know, anyway. So I don't know if that is just completely out there or whatever, but like I said, Eastern religion, y'all brought it up. So it's fair game now. Yes. I love that. Love that. And, um, yeah. So I, I'm not going to touch on the first point in the interest of time, but on your second point, yes, th- this is like a big part of uh, in, in Jewish literature, this notion uh, exactly you articulated so well, Glea, around how God wants requests right? God wants requests that, yeah, a person gets annoyed if you keep asking for stuff. Um, but requests, like you said, shows kind of a respect, a love, a dependency, a dependency in a sense. So thank you for that that awesome point. And for those people who are comfortable in prayer and comfortable prayer in Yom Kippur and comfortable with a God that they can make requests to, um, it's, Yom Kippur is a really powerful time to think of that, that, to request. And imagine if we do it on our inner life, requesting kind of the the inner life we need this year. You know, maybe we need strength. Maybe we need more compassion. Maybe we need more courage um, to ask for help in in strengthening those virtues um, and emotional state. So thank you, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Good afternoon from here. So um, what I'm hearing is, is very interesting and it's touched on a lot of things for me. But what I recognize for myself is that I'm grateful when some deep need of mine is being met. Mm -hmm. And uh, while gratitude is a way of gifting another, part of that expression of gratitude to another shouldn't simply, in my mind, be a thank you. When we offer someone how their act or how Uh, Yeah, how their act has impacted me, how what they've done has altered my my life in some way, has met a deep need for me, then it's genuinely a gift and is something that is in a really sacred shared space with another human being. And for me, that's kind of the ultimate in gratitude mm. and I'm complete. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for that. Um, that's that that that's that's a very a very powerful reminder. Yeah, and that and that the thank you is not enough. And for us to think about how we're going to what we're going to do with that, what we're going to ultimately do with that. I love that. You know, we can all practice. Let, let me assume um, for the moment that some some of us are going into some kind of congregation in the, you know, in the coming evening or, or day tomorrow. That, of course, it's not true for all of us. But for those that are, there's one way to walk in to shul. You can walk in and you can say, ah, the choir wasn't, didn't really sing well enough. Ah, the sermon wasn't really, it was a little boring. Ah, the person next to me was a little too close. It was a little too cold in there. And sometimes it was too hot, actually. You know, a little too loud, a little too, it was, the service was too long. It was too quiet. We go in with a judgment mentality, right? But imagine we just walk in and just try and be like, oh, oh my goodness. I'm so grateful. There's people here. 
Oh my God, there's a, there's, a rabbi's going to give a speech. Those people are going to sing the cantor, whoever. Like, they, they, I have a book. They, they put a book out for me. Imagine if our whole orientation towards being in that space was one of just gratitude, just to be in the experience. And if you're not going in, you're going to be home. Um, that the gratitude for um, what it means to be in solitude in such an experience as well, which is also kind of a deep thing to pack into. Or maybe you have a different experience coming this year. But, um, um, and then like, um, like Sarah just challenged us, what do we do? What do we do? Um, what do we do with that gratitude? Ultimately, how does that, how does that shift the way we engage? Eric, I want to, I want to invite Eric into the conversation if he's there. Well, thank you, Rabbi. This has been very informative. Um, apologies for coming in a little bit late. Um, so I'll tr- I, I need a little bit more time to come up with a good question. I, I need about another minute if that's okay. <laughs> okay. I will come back to you. Can I say something really quickly yes. about the poll? Okay. Just yes. so you know with that poll, I put, what did I put? Oh yeah, when I'm in a random good mood. Because it actually felt like an all of the above sort of way of answering the question because you can, mm-hmm. I mean, you're in a good mood if you've been through a great spiritual practice. You're in a good mood when someone's done a random act of kindness for you. You're in a good mood when, hey, you're friend um, asked you to, you know, stay with them for three hours during while they're having dental sur- surgery. Well, that puts you in a good mood. So because of that, though, you can be grateful for it. You are in a good mood if you go outside and see a rainbow. So, you know, that great, kind of great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Eric, you got your minute. Okay. Well, I, I've, I've liked this, the concept that we've been talking about, that the, the notion of gratitude is, through the pra- is not just through the change in the lens. I think it's a great example. We talk, the Rosh Hashanah service was a great example. Um, I had my own struggle to now need to change the lens of how I looked at the, my experience of the service. Um, but we also talk about action. And I know that the, the notion to display through words and through, through acts of kindness and through words, and, but also through action, the notion of the show mm. gratitude. I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm still like to get people's thoughts on this, not just yours, Rabbis, but the, the rest of the group here is how to prioritize, how do like, do we, do we prioritize it as a, you know, cause just like Sadaka, we do, you know, we do little by little showing of it, the blessing, it's a hundred blessings. We do, you know, we do the little by little showing of gratitude. Do we take the same practice and principle of gratitude by the little things we make it a frequent thing? Free, like we increase the frequency or do we do a great big display of gratitude do we do we apply the same principles of sadaka and blessings the little by little day-to-day practices becomes a routine when we show the display of when we show through words and through words and action of, of gratitude or is this an exception mm-hmm. where bigger is better mm-hmm. less frequent but bigger is better great we, great to hear from folks on this thanks eric um eileen are you gonna respond to that Great, Eileen. Um, Eric, I think the answer may lie in the fact that doing little things has a cumulative effect so that as you do little things throughout the day, they become in a perspective really big. Donating to charity once a year is great. But donating to charity on a weekly, monthly basis is probably greater. Awesome. Thanks, thanks, Eileen. Anyone else want to want to engage with Eric's thought there? All right. You're probably tired of listening to me by now, though. But I'll just throw this out there. 
um, because I was going to put it in the chat. Um, It's hard to decide what bigger actually means. And so because of that, because bigger means different things to different people. And so because of that, though, I'm going to go with what Eileen said, smaller and cumulative effect. I guess in the context, I was thinking bigger implies impact. Impact. What do you mean? Who the t- uh, if the impact of the gratitude is towards a wider, greater of audience versus oh. the little by little, it's one like the show gratitude to an audience rather than the day to day could be the impact of gratitude could be towards an individual. What is the great? What is the greater approach? It's to the in the to the one individual day by day, or a greater audience where it's they're going to hear and acknowledge the gratitude more. I thought about, and I do think that maybe the day-to-day makes more sense, but I didn't know whether gratitude falls under that under that practice or if that's an exception to So I just didn't know. I would go with both then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would go, if, I mean, seriously, you can do both. I mean, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just out there. <laughs> I think you're building a practice. And what goes into making a person better person is to build practices of kindness. Not if you do one kind thing, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give every penny I have to XYZ charity. That's a great thing. But you're not, if that's all you do, um, maybe it's not such a great thing. You know, if you're talking about impact, unless you're Elon Musk, I don't know how much impact that, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but I think the idea of for a personal practice, it's like prayer. You don't just make one prayer, you know, like one thing. I mean, if you hate more power to you, if you do, but um, I think you're building a practice and um, and that's what God wants, maybe. Hi, Sarah. Um, I'm wondering if it's, if size really matters um, and whether it's about depth and uh yeah, I think it's about, for me, it's about depth and what, how do I feel? How does it resonate with me when I give? And the acknowledgement part is something that I, for a long time, I refused to have my name publicly acknowledged on any gift. And until friends who were development directors said it really, helps us when your name is out there. It encourages others. And so I allowed it, but the acknowledgement part, I've always found kind of offensive that I don't need other people to know as long as it's resonating with me and my giving and my gratitude is inherent in my being and I can feel the impact for me in the world, then I'm good with it. I I can't measure it. I just have to sense how that. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Um, And thank you all for your deep participation as always. Very grateful to you all and grateful that you're continuing to learn on how together and inspire each other on how we can live with more kindness towards ourselves and towards each other. I wish in, in any ways we participate, um, I wish us all a meaningful Yom Kippur and whatever way we participate, may it make us all more compassionate, more gentle with each other, more giving and loving and more, more able to receive that compassion and love as well. And may every experience we encounter 
in some way um, inspire some gratitude for our existence and for the gifts in our lives. And see everyone, not in the next two weeks because of, of Sukkot and Simchat Torah, but in the Tuesday after that. Okay, have a, have a great day. All the best.